This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations of people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. How is your life of freedom going, having submitted the thesis? It's not real freedom, Sam, because now I've got to write a massive presentation and mentally prepare myself for a four-hour oral defense and hopefully <laughs> so it's not real freedom you tricked me <laughs> i'm sure that you're allowed a few days off oh uh, yeah but it's that the energy's really moved i'm so so happy and so proud to be you know doing that work so i just want to keep going really but sad that it's coming to an end and who are we introducing today it's my great pleasure to introduce two people from the LIGA Leadership Academy. Uh, you'll remember uh, that today we interviewed Chris, and Chris very graciously introduced us to Adam Sturman and Rowena Speed. Uh, Adam is a, a traveller, an educator, an outdoorsman, uh, and has had some extraordinary life experiences. Uh, Rowena is a physio, a teacher, really an educator, I think, is the a, is a better way to describe you, um, Rowena. And originally from Tauranga, uh, also having achieved incredible things in life. And it's a real pleasure to have you both here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. Kia ora. Thanks for having us. Kia ora. So where are you? Uh, so we're in Queenstown. Well... A little out of Queenstown, yeah, a little subdivision on the outskirts. Yeah. Have and, you been there long? Um, uh, no, we've just been here since January. Yeah, so we came back from, um, we flew back into the country about a week before the lockdown last year. And um, yeah, and then we're teaching online last year, and then um, this opportunity came up to join LIGA, and so we moved here in January. What were you doing out of the country when out of the country was a thing we were allowed to do? Um, so we so we were working for a travelling high school, um, and we were we were actually on a ten day expedition in Patagonia with um, we had four different groups of students, um, so each of us. We're sort of yeah we're we're, lead, we're kind of leading or help lead the groups of about ten students um, on that expedition and then once we got back into civilization I guess we heard about how COVID was going crazy and everybody and so we had to get all of our students home and then we had to get home as as quick as we could pretty much and then 
yeah, that was it. I do want to talk about Liger, but you've you've got me intrigued here with a travelling high school. Is that like a circus? Um, it's a pretty awesome adventure. Um, yeah, it's it's a three year program. Um, it was called Think Global School. It's a three year program. Um, and we had students would join us. Um, they're from all over the world. We had a cohort of about 30 students and we'd have, we'd have four terms a year. Um, students would be in country for about seven weeks, um, each location and we'd be there for about eight weeks. So we'd, we'd get there a bit earlier and then they'd have a five week, a four or five week break between, between terms. Um, but yeah, we managed to, we it was all project based, um, yeah, a real project-based focus. Uh, was it 60% of the curriculum was sort of designed by us or by the, by the educators and the, the remaining 40% was designed by students um, where they would design their own projects, their own sort of goals and set their own sort of learning objectives and stuff and we just sort of uh, mentor them and guide them through it. Um, so, yeah, it was awesome. It was a really, really awesome. It's an awesome school and it was a great experience. Yeah, eventually we um, we got a bit tired of the constant travel because we were at the school for about, well, I was there for about five years and you were about seven. So yeah. um, we were ready to come home and try to do something similar, like a, a similar philosophy here. So we were really lucky when we saw um, the opportunity with LIGA. <laughs> so. so we talked to Chris Sullivan from Liger yesterday, but some people won't have heard that. So you're going to have to give us Liger Academy 101. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, I guess start with the vision of the school, and that's to um, create socially conscious entrepreneurial leaders, which basically means um, good people doing good things in the world like with the skills to actually make good things happen and the confidence to do so. Um, so how that looks is um, essentially we want our school to be an environment where students can maximise their potential, whatever that potential is, and then have impact, be, feel confident enough to have impact in their community in whatever way that looks big, small, whatever suits them. So it's very um, individualised, but also very much about collaborating with others. So that's it kind of in a nutshell, but there's a lot more to that. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody who's, if you've gone through ordinary teacher training, and I, I suppose it's hard for you to tell you, you wouldn't have had a culture shock going into this school because you've been in a, a similar school before. But mm -hmm. how does one make the transition from the teacher that you are trained to be to someone that's in such a different place? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, from my like speaking from my experience, so I'm like PE and outdoor ed sort of. That's my subject area, right? Um, but when we started a, the project-based um, curriculum for the last school, like I was, I was like, like leading 
projects that I knew nothing about the con in terms of content area. I didn't have a huge, I don't have a huge background in history or science and stuff like that, but I was still able to like, as long as you're like, you, you're, you feel all right with embracing the unknown and learning with the students, it's not a problem. Like it just wasn't a problem. So it's that change of mindset from you thinking that you need to know everything and tell everybody what you think they need to know to let's go on an actual adventure with this and figure out what, what do we need to know? What, what do we know now? What don't we know? And how are we going to know, like how are we going to actually learn what we need to know together um, to, for the betterment of the project that you're, going to, that you're working on? Um, that's kind of, yeah, what I went through when I started going through the process. Yeah, I think you just, the, the most difficult thing I think is kind of giving up that control or it's not even control really because when you actually get past it all, you realise that you never had it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> it was just an illusion that you, it's like some expectation that you tell yourself for some reason, you know. Um, yeah, so if you can kind of get through that and then just, yeah, learn alongside the kids and look for opportunities and um, use the use the people around you because, um, you know, everyone's an educator in this world. Like everyone's got some expertise to share. So you can't think that it's all, all comes from you. <laughs> yeah. So as a big part of your job, uh, Chris talked about, one of the things we need to get over is is the the notion of that it's not okay to fail. So, yep. so you do have to give them the ability to fail, but you also need to keep them safe. Yep. So, Absolutely. is it, is it yeah. something about not just the physical, but the, all the sort of emotional, mental, educational safety around it? Yes, I think that. I think that really starts with the culture of the school. So you have to, like, firstly, I guess, with, especially with starting up something new, it comes firstly from the educators to, or we're facilitators officially in this role, um, and it's to model that. It's to model that yourself. So actually, um, showing that you can try things that are outside of your comfort zone. Like even this, like I, this is definitely, even just being interviewed like this is kind of outside my comfort zone. So I hope some of our students end up listening to this. <laughs> um, and then just showing that we all can support each other and then, um, you know, expecting that from the students and, um, yeah, and just, you know, is kind of this, you know, picking up on the small things and, you know, like, um, I guess, like catching them doing the right things as well from the beginning. So it really builds that that culture of supportiveness and, yeah, being... Being open to ideas. Yeah, and... so there's no stigma around that, that um, around failure, basically. Yeah. yeah. The notion of the the sage on stage, the, the notion that the teacher is the expert is pretty well ingrained. Yeah. So, yep. so you've had to give up on that? I'm not sure that we personally had to. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
because, I mean, I was extremely lucky in that I, I actually think my teacher training prepared me reasonably well, pretty well for what we're doing right now. And I think most, actually a lot of teacher training does at the heart of it. Um, I think what doesn't serve people right, or at least in my experience didn't serve me well, was actually going into the the system. (laughs) So you come out of teacher's college with this like idealistic view and then you get into the classroom and then some of the lessons that you learn there and it's just because of just because of how the system has been for so long I think Um, and I'm super happy to see you know having gone away and come back how much things have changed I think for for the better Um, but yeah there was I remember a lot of lessons that were just around really around controlling controlling young people and coercing young people and that didn't really sit well with me so I didn't actually go back to teaching I actually went back to physio for a while until Adam actually got this amazing opportunity and then I managed to weasel my way in there (laughs) so I'm very 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 privileged to have you know fallen into probably one of the you know most amazing um jobs first jobs for an educator (laughs) so yeah for us I think it's a bit different um but I we've seen others come from more traditional systems and come into our school and I definitely think it takes it takes people about a year and it takes kids about a year as well if they're coming from uh environment where it's very much um yeah be 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 taught, taught what be taught to, to be told what you need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it takes a long, it takes a while to kind of change. Some kids just jump into it straight away, and others take a little while to. I think there's a lot of. I know we see a lot of um, even just um, anxiety around things like handwriting um, is a big one, and just wanting to know you know you'll have kids come up and ask you oh what should I do here and we say well what do you think you should do here (laughs) and um, that's like really really challenging for them because and they're really trying to work out how to please you Um, (laughs) but we try as much as we can not to kind of yeah, don't please Allow us. Please, please yourself. <laughs> but it's really challenging for them, though. So, yeah, because yeah. it's such a there's there's such an ingrained assumption that the teachers know the answers, that the questions have been set, that there is an answer, and if they're if they're asking that sort of question, like what do you think the answer is, they're just putting off telling you the answer. But in your case, it's problems that the kids have worked on themselves. You don't know what the answers are. Yeah, and it's also that um, just to have the confidence to because we're we're really about the learners learning how to learn, right? So learning how learning what they need to know when they need to know it, right? Um, and so it's about problem solving. So rather than just asking me. Like, what's your, if you can connect maybe something from your prior learning 
with what you're doing now? You know, what's your best guess right now? And then often their best guess actually is right, you know, or they've got to the next step where they know they know the next way of finding it out because that's what we're trying to teach them is that that um, process behind the answer, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Fly My Pretties, I'm Alive in the World. Whose is this? Rowena's. Why this one? This is me. Um, well, I firstly, I didn't even – I. I actually barely listen to music, which is actually, I think, quite strange. (laughs) But when you asked, this was one of the first songs that came to mind. And I think it's just, I know, when I listen to it, I think of, I I can can imagine myself in nature and the wind blowing and the trees rustling. And um, also, it's just really great to sing because it's got like all these different (laughs) levels in it as well. And I probably sound terrible, but it's. It feels good to do it, so yeah. Oh, 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 
one of the things that people are struggling with in the pandemic is the uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. Do you think that the the learners in your school are better positioned for dealing with that uncertainty because of the way they've been learning? Uh, well, currently we're only currently we're running a, a one day a week program before we open next year for, for our full five day, day a week program. So, I mean, it's a it's pretty. I mean, it, I, yeah, it's pretty hard to say because <laughs> we have they yeah, we have them one one day a week. Um, yeah. What know. about what about when we go five days, or what from your experience of? Um, yeah, well, from yeah, once we go five days a week, I think in terms of if, yeah, if we have more lockdowns and that sort of stuff, the students are going to be a lot more independent in their learning just through through what they're doing. So rather than having to scramble about, oh my goodness, what are we going to send? What work are we going to send to students? It's going to be like, hey, students, what are you guys doing this week? And they're going to tell us what they're working on and we're going to check in with them and help them get that done basically um that's kind of yeah, yeah how I, I, I would see it and i think on a deeper level um well we have a big emphasis on um our advisory program as well so um that students get a chance to kind of really talk th- talk through their process with a, a trusted adult and and with their advisory group themselves. So um, there's a lot of, you know, deep conversations around, yeah, feelings, like how it felt to be, um, to take a risk, um, what it felt like during, what it felt like after, what it felt like the last time they did, all of those sorts of things. And I think that that... Um, that prepares them for that level of uncertainty in the world, I think. And also one of our big values is optimism as well. And I think just just doing something and, you know, you can, like, obviously we want our students to be able to know enough to not do any harm with the, with the, um, the impact that they try to have, <laughs> because that's a possibility too. Um, but that they're not paralysed to act, you know, and um, and I think optimism really is a big part of that as well. Just having that optimistic mindset. Um, so we talk a lot about that. Like every day we sit down, even just in this one day program. Every morning um, we kind of sit down and talk about um, how things are going, and then in the afternoon we'll kind of reflect on the day and think about the core values, talk about the core values and how different people have demonstrated those. Um, so, yeah. We want them to be optimistic but not deluded. How do you yeah. – if, if they come up with a plan to cure world hunger or something, do you have to talk them <laughs> down from those things or do you let them run with that? I think we – we generally start with what does that look like right here and right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we want them to think big, but then we also kind of want them to scale it down, you know, to help them scale it down to something that they can have success with too. Success and failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But success in terms of doing something. Yes, yeah. Doing something and doing something that actually does have impact and being able to see see that impact whether it's big or small 
guys, we um, we live in a time where it's hard for our kids to imagine a future for themselves when they've got this massive big wall that's in front of between them and the future, hey, with climate change and the future of work and uh, housing and uh, meth all through the communities and like it's just negative, negative, negative all the time. And um, I, when I left school, I'm, I'm going to be 50 this year, when I left school, there was a job for everybody and it's not like that anymore. And the jobs that our kids are growing into may or may not exist. They're kind of creating their own jobs as they go. How do we prepare our kids or how do we enable them over that wall, over this big wall of, of, of this big barrier to their future? How do we enable that? Passions. <laughs> so yeah, we. I mean, basically, we. Our whole. I mean, one of our main jobs is to help students find what they're passionate about, really, and and um, and be successful in, in whatever they choose to to pursue. So yeah, whether yeah. So hopefully through that, if if they can create a job out of that, or if it leads to a job out of that. But then, like when we have conversations with. Um, parents and and even students and, and about coming to Liger and that we, we ask them like what's your expectations like what are your expectations to coming like what do you want and I'd say the majority of the answers that we get is I, I want my child to be passionate to find their passion and be happy pursuing them like pursuing their passions and that's I mean it comes back to our optim optimism um, kind of core value right like we're like and I'm, we're pretty optimistic anyway. Anyway, so like, my whole thing is like, let's help the students find what they love doing, really help them develop skills that they, so they're just super um, confident and capable of doing what they want, and from there, the kind of the world's their oyster, really. Yeah, and I think also just um, actually being in the world. So it's not like. I'm at school and I've got this wall in front of me and I'm getting closer and closer to that wall. Like they're already at the wall and past the wall because yeah. we're not staying in the classroom. We're out in the community. We're talking to people that are doing things out there. Um, so they're already, they're already past the wall in some small way. And I think that that gives them the confidence to feel okay about the future to feel like we had a conversation the other day about you know this concept of they you know oh when they do this and they do that and I think even as adults we do that um it's like uh oh they these people there's some like up here and then there's like and then there's they the children who are like the new hope and then we kind of like just step back and like oh we we, we don't have any control over this right <laughs> And so we even had this conversation about, like, we together are they, we are they, you are they, everyone out there is they, we all need to just, like, work together. And so that's what we do where, you know, like, we had some students the other day who, um, you know, they're just doing a passion project on um, building, they're designing their kind of dream home right now on Google SketchUp. And um, we just happen to have some architects that, that work down the corridor from us and so we just got chatting to them and then the girls get to go down and talk to them and so it's just you know there's so many resources there and I think when students see that that like everyone is on a journey <laughs> it's all a bit easier to kind of 
deal with, I think, because you can kind of break it down, right? So, yeah, <laughs> that's what I hope anyway. <laughs> Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi arohanui, kia koutou, ko tāwhahau. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. I really hope, wherever you are, whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining, and illuminating for you more and more each day, who you are. The triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique, and here, making us better, thank you. Now I know that for all of us over the last more than a year, it's been a very intense time. It's been so many shifts and changes in our lives and our sense of who we are and our sense of what we can do, our sense of freedom, our sense of identity, our sense of home. All these things have shifted and changed around us and we've had to reinterpret all of these things. We've had to recalibrate and re-understand all these things and this is a huge Herculean task this is an exhausting task but this is very important and this is really necessary I feel at this time so I want to thank you all and, and Sam and the whole Blowing Bubbles team for this show, being part of the show has helped me immeasurably with this process and I'm so grateful and of course as a species having the ability to share our perceptions with one another and having the ability to to feel heard and appreciated and understood, all these things, all these opportunities for that co-evolution are so important, are so precious. So thank you very much for this opportunity. Of course, at times like this, when we are repeating many of the same patterns over and over again in our lives, we can reach a point of feeling disheartened and, and exhausted. And at this time and at times like these, it's so important to get the balance right between loving and caring for ourselves, allowing ourselves to rest, but also to acknowledge that every single day, every single moment is a new opportunity, is a new moment for us. And in fact, the past and what has already taken place, the choices we've made, the decisions we've made, all of these things can shift and change and be altered now we don't need to hold on to these decisions and these ways of doing things we can in fact begin again and do things differently so i really hope for you in this day in this moment you can have a sense of that possibility you can have a sense of that power that you hold to make this new moment truly new for you doing things in a different way that will work better for you. And this, of course, relates back to our thoughts and our thinking. If we can allow ourselves to approach things differently, think about things differently, frame things differently, appreciate things differently, in all these ways we can refresh and re-energize ourselves, remembering that we are in control of our reality and our thoughts. And, of course, for me... I am really missing my work at Orokanui Eco Sanctuary, working in the immediate and the real life interactive realm. But of course, I'm finding other ways that I can apply my time and energy and doing my best to remember that 
this is a new opportunity for me to learn and grow. So I really hope for you, if you are feeling the weight of this time and things are feeling heavy and hard, that we can all remember that we have the opportunity to start again right now, trying a new approach, trying a different approach, while still giving ourselves and each other the love and compassion that we need to feel safe, to feel love, feel strong, because we are. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kokiti. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Rowena Speed and Adam Sturman. When kids have come from the mainstream that isn't always necessarily conducive to a, a, a well-functioning imagination, how do you get that imagination flowing again? What processes do you use? Well, do you want to talk about the creativity sort of stuff you talk about? Sure. I think, well, I actually think just one of the big things is giving them the space to be creative. So actually letting them get bored, it's honestly the best way to to get those, to get that flowing. And also I think um, being, and just being part of a community where it's, it is okay to fail. And they see that. So they may it may take a while because they may not want to almost want to use their imagination because they're, you know, worried about putting that out there in whatever way it may just maybe somebody like looking over their shoulder at what they're doing or something like that. So I think just seeing others, you know, it takes a few, you know, either um, you know, young people that are already confident to kind of lead the way and I think then others see that and then you get yeah. there. Um, but also we do all sorts of different things. Like we've actually done um, we've actually done like little workshops on creative confidence and things like that, um, which definitely help as well, kind of break down some of those um, barriers, I think. But yeah, I, I, I honestly think boredom is a great one and getting out getting outside. Yeah. And just mucking around like one day we had we had these um some of the dividers for our classroom they came with these massive um like kind of plastic they were like cardboard bag things they were these massive like air balloon things and then so we just took them out onto the field at lunchtime and just gave them to the kids and like see what you can do and they turned it into almost like a a blob thing where one kid's sitting on the end and the other one jumps on the end, they kind of go a bit flying into the <laughs> air and it was awesome. Then they popped them and then yeah. they turned into a slide and they're sliding down the hill on them. And, you know, it's just like simple things like that that just kind of make it fun and break it down. Just getting out of their way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's squeeze in the second of your music choices. Let's have a Beastie Boys sure shot. Why this? Must be Adam's. Yeah, that's that's mine. Um, that's, it's just fun. It's just a fun song. And I just when I was at you know, when I was at uni last last year's at uni, this just remembers me going to a big day out with the Beastie Boys. Went to it with some of my mates, my brother, and stuff, and just having a good old boogie, pretty much. <laughs>
We've seen lots of changes in society over the the last year or so. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? To me, this a real sort of important one is like how just this the the heightened level, or well, as it gets more worse and worse, the heightened level of like um, environmental issues. Like you know, there's more and more protests, or like every you know every year. Um, making more awareness of what's going on in the world and, and, and then forcing like governments to actually make decisions about how they're or what they're actually going to do in terms of combating that. But it, it's kind of awesome because it just shows that people care so much and there's a lot of youth, there's a lot of like students involved in that and it's, it's just awesome, like heaps of energy. And then how do we, well, just sort of, well, I guess it makes you feel optimistic again about the future, <laughs> but um. But yeah, that's. I just hope, yeah, we can make some, some like make some um, ground on on that in the next. Or hopefully, we can meet those targets and stuff that the government's set. But just building that um, that love for the environment, the love for where, the place that you you live in, the love for the world, sort of a thing. Like, it's we're pretty lucky. Like, we're incredibly lucky being in New Zealand. It's probably the one of the great well, is probably the greatest place in the world, in my opinion. Um, it's just so you know you have so much freedom and the the whole environment is just so awesome. So we just got to like take care of it so much so we can continue to enjoy it and more people can enjoy it and we can take people and show them all of the little treasures that we've got in our own backyards and stuff like that. Um, so that's what I hope sticks really. <laughs> um, if we haven't got the environment, we're pretty much all screwed. <laughs> One of the things we ask people at this point in the show is what lessons we can take from the COVID response for things like climate change. But I think for you, it's perhaps more important question or interesting question is if you engage the, the, the students in those sorts of questions. Yeah, I mean... Um, 
I don't think we, we almost don't even have to because they do it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know whether Chris mentioned, but one of our um, students the other day, she wrote, she just decided to write her own song all about, um, you know, all about sticking together and, um, you know, being determined and getting through this lockdown. And it's, it's actually a really amazing <laughs> song. It's super catchy. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the ideas are already there. We've got another, um, student who's really passionate about, um, like the fisheries and, um, and also about climate change. And he's doing a project, um, he's getting in touch with the ski fields around here to look at their, um, snowfall data and look at what the trend is over a number of years. Um, and these are like... 11, 11 and 12, 12 year olds kids, yeah. yeah i think we just need to one get out of their way and <laughs> and two um encourage them yeah so just when we hear those little things just encourage it so yeah i have some questions to end the show and we'll have to do them as a bit of a double act because we haven't got that much time to ask them each every question what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years I'm going to be like completely um, kind of selfish with this one, but um, <laughs> for me, honestly, it's um, it's being able to balance, um, like balance giving a lot of care to my students um, and and helping them achieve their you know achieve their goals but also being able to achieve my own at the same time <laughs> because I definitely had a point um, where I was giving everything um, and I didn't have anything for myself. So um, honestly, like that's, it's kind of selfish, but I think it's an important lesson for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, like I just, um, I've been building some, you know, it's just nice to be settled in one place actually to not be traveling and um, even though it was amazing. But, you know, like I'm just making my own picture frames for the art that we bought while we were traveling and um, now I've signed up for a furniture making course. So I'm doing a little dabbling in that. So, yeah, and it's nice and it's nice to be able to share your passions with the students as well so that you're all seeing each other's um, thing. Even though, of course, I'm very, very passionate about education, but I also have other passions. <laughs> So that's me. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Biggest success. I mean, every in terms of like education, it's. I mean, the graduations at our last school were just. It was just awesome to see students go through, and that was just yeah, that's just awesome because you've been with you with them like twenty four seven for three years, and it's like so. It's pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, personally, I'd say. I mean, since moving to Queenstown, I had to figure out something else to do other than fishing and, and um, surfing, which is what I normally used to do up in the Bay of Plenty. So I got into mountain biking, and now I'm learning through a colleague a whole bunch of bike mechanics. We've just figured out how to fix a whole situation that we had with a, with a broken bike, which was pretty awesome. But, yeah, yeah just new, getting into new things, getting, trying, trying new, new things and just seeing where it takes you. Eh? It's pretty good. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So 
you two are definitely in that team. What I'd like to know is what is each other's superpower? Oh, breathe underwater. Easy. Yeah. No, real superpower. <laughs> as in, like, which? what do we think each person has? Yeah, what has, do you bring to the team? Power. What gets you into the mansion? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I'm, I'll, I'll do Adam's. I think Adam is just... Uh, um, I think you were talking about it um, today, Maweta, is um, seeing the problems in front of you and getting them sorted. <laughs> that is adding to a T. He is extremely dependable person, and I'm kind of like all up in the clouds a lot of the time, and he's like very, very good at bringing you back down to earth in a way that allows you to move forwards. So, and I think he does that very, very well for learners as well. So, that's his superpower. Sweet, most good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say Rowena's is is the is the big picture, but the but the why, like figuring out the why and everything. So, or, or the how, like big picture, how are we going to get there, and and then yeah, just really hashing out all of the all of the. Not so much the details, but all of the the approaches and how things need to be, or how we can guide guide people to whatever that big picture is. Um, kind of setting setting the blueprints, really. I think is what what um, her superpower is, and really understanding things, like really diving deep into into what she's going to go into, but and really understanding. Really like getting a really good understanding of what it is before taking any steps forward. Like, first, let's have a good old like base knowledge of what is going on, and then let's figure out what to do there from from there. And also breathing underwater. And breathing underwater. <laughs> <laughs> we go free diving, and um, Adam carries the catch bag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm terrible at breathing underwater. I'm holding my breath. It's getting better though. <laughs> Do you consider yourselves to be activists? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I probably would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a in a less overt way, I think <laughs> we get stuff done. <laughs> so, what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, well. I mean, basically, I'm like the whole reason I'm a teacher is just because I want to help people get to where they want to be. You know, like I, I want to, yeah, basically, just want to. Like, how can I best support whoever's turning up at school, <laughs> or whoever's turning up to our house, or you know, and whatever. Like, so, so you're really like in terms of, yeah, I just love helping people. Really, like, yeah, that's pretty much what I like to do. <laughs> that's a, Put it fairly simply. <laughs> yeah, I think pretty much pretty much along the same lines. Um, I think just there's so much potential in people and I love to see it unleashed. <laughs> so, um, and I think when you can unleash a lot of it together, it does really amazing things. Um, so, yeah, like one of my, I don't know, just... I love, um, like, I love any sort of, like, performing art where there's so, so many people giving it their all, but together. And I think that that, I guess that's just a metaphor for all sorts of different performances in life. Yeah. 
So it's just a beautiful thing to watch, I think. Lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? You go, Adam. Um, I'm... No, I'm not really sure. I'm not, <laughs> not so much to give people advice, but um, just risk-taking, eh? Just take some risks. See where, see where it takes you. Just if, if you are not, I mean, you know, just try to earn some stuff that you're, that you're into and see where it takes you. You could find out that you're super passionate about something that you don't even know you're passionate about yet. So, yeah, keep taking risks. Challenge yourselves. Challenge your own, challenge your own um, ideas all the time. Never, never get complacent about that. What you think is right all the time, <laughs> but that's about it. Yep. Yeah, I think I think I really agree. It's just, um, yeah, make the most of the opportunities that are in front of you, even if it's something really, really small. If you're stuck in a house right now, what what is there that you can <laughs> do that might be interesting to you and follow that because it will lead to something awesome. Thank you for that. Mawera. Guys, um, I have so much admiration for you and the uh, philosophy that underpins your teaching practice, the um, commitment that you've made to doing this extraordinary work. And I just want to say thank you. Thanks for doing this. And um, I just really hope that this way of teaching um, is picked up also in the mainstream as well. Um, and you guys are, you know, you're you're paving the way for for what what I think is the real future of education. So I just want to say thanks and thanks for sharing with us today. No worries, oh, thanks no very worries. Much. Yeah, thank you. And I do want to put a couple of shout outs to um, some schools. We've actually visited some schools um, in a couple of schools in Christchurch, um, uh, Discovery Unlimited, and what's the other one? Um, Hayata Community Campus, and I just, I mean, though, I'm sure there's plenty more schools, but those are two that we've actually visited, and yeah, equally, like, doing awesome stuff, so super keen to get us all together and get moving. <laughs>
Astronauts be champions, be truth seekers, be students, be teachers, be politicians, be preachers, be preachers. Be believers, be leaders, be astronauts, be champions. been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world, brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We are broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We have a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is The Script with Hall of Fame. I am Tommy Lane, this is Dave Lugan with Mawera Karatai and Fakatane. And from Queenstown, we have been joined by Rowena Speed and Adam Sturman. And that is Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.